What up? This is Yinka Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we have a speak on it for the Kanye West documentary, the Kanye trilogy, Genius, released to Netflix February 16th, February 23rd, and March 2nd of this year. So it just wrapped up and we watched this documentary, which, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes I forget that I have a hip hop podcast (laughs) because you would think that a content like this that I'd just be like, oh, there's a hip hop artist doing a documentary. Like I should be invested in watching this okay. strictly for like academic purposes, strictly for podcast purposes. And mm-hmm. yet I'm so like not invested in Kanye that I'm like, oh, Kanye has <laughs> Kanye. Like, like when when I saw that he had this documentary, I wasn't even thinking about the podcast. It yeah. wasn't until you're like, oh, hey, did you watch it? Maybe we could talk about it. I was like, oh yeah, duh. Like, of course I should watch it. So yeah, yeah I actually just uh we're recording this. Uh, like March 6th or whatever. What, what's today? Yeah, we're recording this March 6th on the mm-hmm. Sunday. Mm-hmm. I just finished this, I think, Friday night. Okay. So, yeah. So, what, um, I guess, what was your motivation to watch this documentary? Um, I mean, you know, I love music documentaries yeah. anyway. So, um, I think it was like just kind of out of curiosity, um, that I wanted to check it out. But I think a friend mentioned to me that in the third part, it would go from like Kanye celebration to like an exploration of things that were not so celebratory. And so I think I wanted to see for myself like how that turn of events was going to happen. And so that's when I started watching it. And by, you know, by mid first episode, I was hooked. So I was like, okay. So you were hooked. Yeah. That was a good documentary. Um, overall, yeah, I think I I thought the second part was incredible. Um, and, and when I watched the second one, like I was about halfway through the second one and I go, this is going to win all the awards. You think so? I do. Well, um, and, and the reason I say that is, and this is not a diss or a slight, but um, I'm a big Questlove fan. Uh, Summer of Soul is out. Yeah. Questlove's walking around like Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> Everybody's patting him on his back. He's talking about all these other movies he's going to do. Yeah. And I'm like, if, if that's what great music documentarianism is, yeah. then when people see the second part of this, they're going to give him all the awards. I also think that this is a very good documentary i yeah. thought thematically it was really like I, I think that just like any story just like any movie mm-hmm. your movie should there should be some kind of central theme something that you can kind of learn from this right. and this documentary has that now yep. i actually did not finish the summer of soul i meant to uh. i got to the gospel part it was getting kind of late i was getting kind of tired and i just i never went back to it okay maybe i should um just real quick on the summer of soul I, I got the impression that like it was really fascinating that this footage was being brought to the light. Right. The documentary itself was kind of like, yeah. Eh, I feel like there should have been a more central theme in terms of what the the, the guy who brought us that right. that, that uh, or or there should have been like some kind of band or something that they focused on, but there right. wasn't. It was just kind of like, hey, exactly. Here, these exactly. are the highlights. Exactly, you're right. Like, yeah. and and that that's a good a good comparison. Like like yeah. with the with what. Uh, Cootie did with 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 yeah. Kanye's thing. Cootie and Chike as well. Well, Chike doesn't come on board until the uh, through the wire video. But I thought that they were all kind of putting the the documentary. Together. They're a team at this point. Yeah. But back when when it started, they they well, didn't have a relationship. So, but okay. So what I'm referring to is more the the actual construction of the documentary itself, not just capturing the footage. Okay, that's fair. Right. I, I mean, I, okay. I guess I I I. I see Cootie as the central, the central That's line, fine. right? At, the, at least at this point. So, yeah. so, but what what the two of them, I guess, do right to construct the story, yeah, and like give you this narrative and this story arc, yeah, is really good in in genius. At least mm-hmm. in the first couple episodes, so. 
the third or the um the summer of soul does not have that you're uh-huh. right and like i think you're right like if they would have if they would have tailored it around that guy's story because He's just amazing. I don't know yeah. who the hell he is, yeah. but this—I never this, heard of him before. This Harlem hustler dude yeah. who just found a way to pull all these yeah. people together and make this happen is amazing. Yeah. And if the story was his story, it would have had like an amazing narrative arc. Yeah. But instead, it's just kind of like more so just about and and I think you know maybe that's not to Questlove's credit, right? Questlove he loves music, yeah. and so the fact that these amazing acts all performed on the same day is enough for him. Yeah. But like for people who don't love music in that same way, the story like just kind of dissolves at some point, and it's just about music yeah. for people that don't care about music. Um, that may not work. So getting back to the Genius documentary, did yeah. you have any expectations from watching this? Like you're like, oh, there's a there's a Kanye West documentary. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch it. What am I going to get from it? Like, do you have any kind of preconceived notions or you're just like clean slate? Zero expectations. The one thing that I wanted to kind of see was less about um, Kanye and more about Cootie. I've always been fascinated with Cootie and Chike. Um, You know, when I, I was coming up in the era when they pivoted away from Kanye and started to work with other artists such as um, Currency and Dame Dash. Common and, as well. And, yeah, a, a lot of people. Yeah. So Cootie and Chike, like I've, I've always been, um, you know, kind of fascinated by their rise. Okay. And so I was interested to see kind of how Cootie and Kanye's relationship was. And, and so, and that was fulfilled in watching. How about you? I, I think well, when I first heard the documentary, I was like, oh, is this like, is this like Kanye's ode to himself? Like, right. Is this, right. Because right. you know, I see Kanye West's name, I have a bad taste in my mouth. Right. And and I should just say, I should just say this, right? There's going to be a lot of discussion about like Kanye and culture, mm-hmm. and I want to be clear for our audience that this isn't like a Kanye hate, but that like I do think that it is fair to say that to to at least a degree, right? And depending on who who scale it is that it could be a small degree or a large degree. Mm-hmm. But Kanye West has had like his finger on the pulse of culture or at least mm-hmm. someone who's been curating the culture for at least 15 years. Right. Right. Probably longer. Probably longer. Kanye West has never had like his hand on the dial. Is for, for me, like how I navigate culture, okay. Kanye West has never really been that figure to me. Now, part right. of that, I will concede, has to do with the fact that when Kanye West entered the picture, right? Exactly. He really entered the picture for me in terms of an artist, 2003, 2004. By that time, I'm on my way out. And by the time that I do see Kanye West, I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't really care about this dude. I like some of his music. But things that he, things that he has to say fashion that he makes albums that like they don't they don't determine my life unlike say even someone like jay-z or even someone like obviously like wu-tang clan or biggie like these are people Mm. who have their effect on culture has has helped shape me as an individual there's no parts of kanye west who shaped me as an individual i think i think though you you also have to be honest about the fact that the project that made the world love Kanye, which is, is covered here, right? Call it college you, dropout. College dropout. Yeah. You don't like exactly. Right? So right. it's like you, the the reason you would love him, the 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 story that you would have fallen in love with, you didn't fall in love with. Right. right? And 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 I I state that not to not to hate Kanye and not to like not to like um you know look down upon anybody who has been affected who who whose culture whose place in culture has been impacted by Kanye West I'm not doing that okay. I'm simply stating that like 
when you know Michael Eric Dyson gets on TV and talk about <laughs> Kanye West and has to has to preface every, everything by saying Kanye West is a genius, right? Like okay. when like I look at that and I just roll my eyes, yeah. right? I roll and my so eyes at Michael Eric Dyson, <laughs> right? And so when, when people look to Kanye West as someone who is like you know narrating the culture or, or, or you know directing where the culture goes, like that's just okay. not me. Okay. So I you know when I first see this documentary, I'm just kind of rolling my eyes. I'm like, is this another ode to, to Kanye's genius? Yeah. It wasn't until you and Panama were like, yo, like did you watch this documentary? Mm-hmm. Like it's good. I'm like, all right, I trust Panama. I trust Yinka. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like let me watch this. There's going to be some kind of artistic thing that I can get from it. Right. And and. The co-sign from you guys let me know that like no this is not just like an ode to kanye there's right. like as a person who loves hip-hop music and loves music and loves art like and respects kanye because obviously mm. i respect kanye like i'm going to get some things from it right. so for me i'm like all right maybe there is going to be some type of like objective view of kanye maybe it's going to be kind of like it's not just going to be something that sings his praise mm-hmm. there might be that but there, there'll also be chances for me to have like an alternate opinion right, about right, Kanye, right. which to me i'm like that's kind of what i that's what i want to get from that's what i want to get from any kind of film cinematic medium right like right. i don't want anything that's too on the nose and i didn't felt that i didn't feel that this was too on the nose yeah right um but one of the the reason why i asked that question is because you know i haven't read any any analysis of this i haven't seen like if joe budden reviewed this on his podcast i haven't seen that right like i have no idea yeah, i don't know but the only thing that I saw was that on Facebook, I saw quite a few people talk about like their disappointment mm-hmm. to the fact that the kind that the documentary didn't really address his mental health issues. Yeah. All, like I, they kind of wanted an answer. And I Did also, you get that? I also saw that there was a piece, and I don't remember where it was published. Maybe NPR. A couple of people sent it to me. Um, that that says exactly that, right? I think that the headline was something like, um, you know. The genius documentary misses an opportunity to right. discuss Kanye's mental health yeah. and um, why he, his, or his fascination with the white gaze, you know, yeah. like his like his obsession <laughs> yeah. with the white gaze. Yeah. And I think and mind you all, I'm saying gaze, G-A-Z-E, right. not G-A-Y-S. Right, 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 Yeah, but but, you know, I think those things are true, right? Like we're interested in his mental health and we're interested in his fascination with acceptance from white people and white culture. However, I don't think that this documentary attempts to discuss those things okay. so much, and I don't think it has to, right? right? Like, and I think, I think we as a culture need to be okay with things that cover something specific and have a specific scope, yeah. and don't include necessarily the other thing that we wanted that was out of scope for what 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 it included. You know what I mean? So, what do you think were the themes of the documentary? I guess we can just kind of jump ahead cuz I have my ideas, but what do you sure. think? I mean, uh, you know, generally it's it's an origin story for a okay. hero or a villain, whether you know, depending on who gotcha. how you see Kanye. So, you know, we get to see the very beginnings of Kanye, the makings of him as this kid on the south side who, you know, people are coming to for for beats. Yeah. And as a result of that, he, you know, we're seeing him surrounded by all types of different people. Payroll, it was a fucking street nigga. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So we get to see him around payroll, who I've mentioned on this podcast. Thought, the, okay, the, we'll never, the Never Change record. That okay. that was the, the light-skinned dude who you see yeah, he's yeah, hanging yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. That's the dude who had the Never gotcha, Change song gotcha. originally. So we get to see him with, with, with street cats. We get to see him with poets. We get to see him with singers. We get yeah. to see him with all these people. It's really cool to see him, like, Chicago. Like, that was yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, and he's just a kid, and he's, you know, he's got he's around all these people who all want something from him. And yeah. so, you know, as a result, he's validated um, in that in that, those circles. But kind of little brother, you know, all the time. Yeah, little yeah, brother, yeah, little yeah, brother, yeah, yeah. over and over again. Yeah. And then, and, you know, but we see him 
Um, I think the documentary starts with him as a part of Harlem World. Harlem World, yeah. He's hanging with Harlem World because he yeah. produced the record on that on that project. Yeah. And so, you know, Mace is, is larger than this life is, at this, this point. This is this is peak peak. Mace. Right. And yeah. and he's he's becoming a, a label executive, yeah. I guess, at this point, yeah. right? Um, and and Kanye's there, even little brothered in that situation, yeah. you know, trying to put Chicago on. And so we, you know, we that's like one of the main themes to me is like him being little brothered all the way up to his relationship with his mother and how she's able to build him up yeah to seeing just a little bit of success and and the hate that comes with that little bit of success yeah. where you come from where people have been trying to get on forever and then you seem like you just shortcut all that and you yeah. get on and then everybody's like fuck that guy you know so yeah. seeing that part of his story all the way up to like you know the 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 Rockefeller co-sign and them believing in him just enough to get what they needed from him, but not believing in his vision for himself too. Yeah. Shit, it worked. Now, yeah. now, like he 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 actually was everything that he said he was, and and you know, and then that peak all the way down to like, which is interesting because the fall from grace in the third act isn't documented. Is well, no, it 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 kind of is, yeah. but but it's like the funniest thing about the fall from grace is. The motherfucker probably still has a hundred million dollars in the bank right yeah, now. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's like yeah. his fall from grace is more so about maybe his happiness, his mental health, than it is like his financial fall That's from true. grace That's or true. something like that. So like what, what themes did you see? So I think that the folks who went into this documentary wanting to see the mental health issue explored more in depth mm -hmm. and wanted to get answers, specific answers as yeah. to why this happened. I think these are the same folks who got into Jay-Z's 444 for the for specific the purpose of, of, of hearing Jay-Z say why he cheated music. on exactly. Beyonce. I think right. that, and I think ignored the rest of that album, right? <laughs> I can't tell you how many how many conversations I had with people about 444 right. who literally only talked about <laughs> Beyonce. Right, right? right, and I think it, those are the same people who are looking at this documentary, mm -hmm. wanting answers for his mental health, and right. I don't think that that's what it's about. I at think Cootie tells you very early on his decision to go from Channel Zero and put mm -hmm. whatever he has on on hold to document Kanye West has right. everything to do with stardom. Mm -hmm. That's what this is about. Mm -hmm. This is about about documenting a star mm -hmm. from the star's perspective and from our perspective, how we see that star, right? how we see everything, right? Yeah. Like, I think before we only know Kanye West from the music and from the tabloids and from like the interviews and this, that, and the other, right? right. You actually get to see Kanye West have a conversation. You get to hear his perspective on things. Right, right. So now you get to see, you get to remind yourself about where you were in these moments when Kanye West started coming onto the scene. Right. And then now you actually get to see, well, how was he actually like in that process? So mm -hmm. why don't we actually go back and 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 do our where were you, if you will, for mm -hmm. when you first even heard of Kanye West? Man, when did I first hear of Kanye? So, you know, I'm a I'm a liner note junkie. I'm yeah. a hip hop head. So I, you know, embarrassingly bought the Harlem World album. Okay. Um, so and so that was the first time I think I ever saw Just Blaze's name in credits. Okay. Um, and I and I I think that's an early time of me seeing Kanye West's name. I yeah. also want to say I saw his name in the Life of Nice from fourteen ninety two or whatever the Jermaine whatever Dupree? Jermaine Dupree's. Okay. Um, I think Kanye had a, a credit on that. Did he? Okay. Um, so you know I started to see his name in in credits and liner notes of of albums that I bought. Typically, they were albums that I either didn't like or they were tracks that I didn't really pay attention to. But I remember his name. Um, 
And then, man, like, he must have had, like, a college dropout mixtape or something before the album. Because there there became a time back in the era of me downloading things off Kazaa and Morpheus and Audio Galaxy when I remember downloading Kanye West songs, early songs. And it was funny, my my brother and I kind of, quote unquote, discovered him at the same time. And the reason I remember that is because like I said, sometimes my brother would put me on to people like Joe Budden that yeah. like I, I wasn't aware of. Um, and I remember, you know, talking to my brother and him being like, yo, have you heard this guy Kane West? And I'm like, <laughs> you mean Kanye West? He's like, is it Kanye or is it Kane? It's Kanye West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, have you heard his stuff? Like, he's really good. And so, you know, we would hear these these Go-Getters records like, um, you know, with, you know, the Go-Getters, they're, they're introduced in the in the um, okay. in the documentary yeah. GLC yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, the, these cats and Kanye's like kind of the young producer in that. So some of the, the Go-Getters stuff, you know, came out, um, you know, he's producing for these kind of random, you know, folks around. So I think for me, I, I was kind of already familiar with Kanye, didn't think he was a great rapper, but knew he was this producer that was really, really going to be on the rise. So by mm-hmm. the time through the wire drops and then everybody's like, oh, my God, Kanye, you know, I kind of was already on him. So how so about you? I think the it has to be the blueprint. Yeah, it has to be. Um, I started hearing his name a little bit more, obviously, around Blueprint, too, because he's got the, I think he's got the feature on The Bounce or whatever. Yeah. Yep. But I think more importantly, I think before Blueprint that. Blueprint was his coming out party for sure. The Through the Wire. And yeah. I remember, like, yeah. if you look at Through the Wire, I think it was actually released, like, September 2003. But I remember hearing it way before that because I heard the leak. Yeah, like, I want to say, yeah. like, I heard, like, Through the Wire possibly, I don't know, like, early second year which would have been like 2002 i i, I want to see like I, you know how he was going around like playing through yeah, the wire for yeah, people yeah. i want to feel like i feel like it leaked mm-hmm. and we got hold of that leak like shortly after he actually made the song probably because i remember like my roommate um like joe was mm-hmm. like going crazy over the song at least i remember him going crazy maybe he didn't but he liked the song <laughs> i hate yeah. that song i still hate the song i think yeah, the song man. is trash right I, yeah. I don't like the beat never like the melody so oh, you know, and to be honest, I have to I think say you you and Shaka Khan might be the only people in the world that don't like that. Look, song. the thing is, I, I will say that I I honestly think that like that song kind of put a bad taste in my mouth or like made up my mind for me that Kanye West was not good as a rapper. Mm-hmm. And I understand that like I understood that like his voice was like distorted, but like mm-hmm. even like the lyrics and all that shit. Like I thought I shot, I thought the shit was whack, right? And and I say that because it's weird. Like I go back and I listen to the. I, I'm like watching this documentary and I'm like, no, Kanye West actually had bars. I think that mm-hmm. the the on some occasions he had bars, not all the time, yeah. but on some occasions like he really had bars. And I think that the problem was, like, and we'll get into this. I think one of the reasons why people wouldn't take him serious as a rapper wasn't because he was a producer but because he sounded so corny and i think they probably had a difficult time marketing that like we Uh we go back and we listen to it now we're so used to kanye that like i don't see what the problem is like he could rap just as like if pd crack if if freeway are getting deals like why can't kanye west get a deal right Mm. but i think it's because at the time they're probably like yo this dude sounds corny as fuck yeah no i agree and i think um i think that people you know probably ourselves included to some degree but definitely people that are not you know, kind of students of the music industry or, or yeah. part of it don't understand that people buy image more than they buy the yeah. actual, you know, content. Yeah. And so um, I think that's the thing, right? Like nobody could see the vision of this corny dude from Chicago yeah. being an artist that people wanted to support. Right. And I think that, you know, I actually don't agree with you about Through the Wire. We, we don't yeah, have to yeah, litigate yeah, yeah. that. But, yeah. but I think 
it was also interesting for me seeing the moment that Dame Dash saw the music video for Through the Wire because yeah. to me that was when the gears started to spin in his head to go okay I see this I see the vision yeah. I see the image that we're gonna sell on this dude and Through the Wire is genius for that oh, right yeah. um uh, DMX is 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 famous for having a moment where he got beat the fuck up his jaw was wired and he rapped in the studio to Lior Cohen and others um with his jaw wired and was rapping so hard that the, that the wire broke while he was rapping yeah um many people in the music industry will tell you that story as the most amazing thing that they've ever seen yeah had DMX left the studio that night and wrote a song about what it was like to have a, a fucked up jaw yeah. and think that his life was going to be over yeah. and that he would never rap again and then getting a record deal with his jaw wired with the biggest you know uh industry person in the world that record would be one of the records that we talk about in DMX's canon. And so the genius of just the concept of that song, even if you don't like that, you don't like yeah. his rapping, you don't like the beat, you don't like whatever, just the genius of the narrative of that song is incredible. And I think that was what gave him the opportunity to be an artist in Dame Dash. It's, it's so interesting because on one hand, I'm like, on one hand, I wish that more people agree with me about the music of the songs i actually think mm -hmm. musically i don't think it's a good song like i really just don't but unfortunately like that's not the case everybody mm -hmm. likes the music mm -hmm. and so my 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 point was going to be like i feel mm -hmm. like he was getting props more for things that they had not had little to do with the music mm -hmm. he got he was getting props for like the extracurriculars right and that's what the but music industry is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But, but we, we talk about that how we right. don't like that for other for for, for other content but yeah i feel like it's getting it's getting celebrated here but people mm -hmm. like the music so i can't even make that case yeah i mean i don't i i, I don't entirely disagree like i like i don't think that through the wire is his best song yeah. i do think that that song might have been the record that made Chipmunk's soul palatable to the world. Real, real, right? real talk. Okay. He says something in the first part about how, you know, Doug Infinite and No ID were the people who taught him how to make beats, right? Mm -hmm. And he talks about how, like, oh, you know, No ID was, was showing me you could speed up samples. So really the whole sped up souls, whole sped up sample, that's a that's a Chicago style. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> Is that true? Well, you know, he clearly was influenced by RZA, like, and and he'll he'll say that. So but it's so yeah. weird because I'm like, I actually went back to look at No ID's production credits, uh -huh. and there's one record he comes out with in 1997 that you might say is a sped up soul sample, mm -hmm. maybe I forget the name of it, mm -hmm. but like nothing before that, like on mm -hmm. anything he did with Common or any other, like there's there's no sped up soul samples anywhere that right. I'm that I'm listening to, and I'm like. It's hard for me, like even if that's the case, it's hard for me to give credit to No ID mm -hmm. when I've clearly heard RZA do this, when I've clearly heard Marley Marl, Marley Marl do this, right? Uh, yeah. Like he was the fir first person I heard. But I mean, do it. you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is not the first person to ever do the hook shot, but uh, but you know, like w once you, you can make something yours by doing it so much and so well, I just I never that it heard becomes your thing. But right? I never I never heard like No ID do it though. That's okay, that's point. fair, and and yeah. you know, I think maybe just because they showed him how to do it doesn't yeah. mean that was their signature. Yeah. That might be fair. Yeah. It's just interesting him hearing him say like it was Chicago style. It's like, yeah, uh, sir, sir, I'm gonna need you to walk back, walk that back. All right, That's well, funny. let's I guess try to get into the I guess the chrono the chronology of what we saw. I guess we mm -hmm. could start obviously with part one, mm -hmm. and um, and and you know him trying to to get a deal. What are your, some yeah. of your takeaways from this? Um, I mean, I think I think it was uh, I think it was it was just great to see that, and not yeah. not on some like. Oh, he's being humbled or whatever, but just to see the, the the very beginnings of like, 
you know what makes this person tick yeah. and like having uh, moments where some somebody that clearly very much believes and believed in himself but now the whole world believes in them nobody believing in them yeah um and i think that's a lot of what the first the first you know act was right yeah. like it was like he he really wants to be an artist and even in situations where he's being celebrated if he's not being celebrated for what he wants to be celebrated he clearly tries to put people in pocket and they're just like no right yeah. like he's like they're like yeah yo you're a great producer and he's like don't call me that you know what i mean i'm i'm a, I'm a rapper too i'm an artist you know what i mean so i don't know that's what i got from the first part it so it's it's so weird that at least from the the way the documentary tells it that you know he struggled to get put on because people saw him as a producer but like i i really don't think that that's the case i think that people just didn't respect his rapping ability because like yeah. i said he sounded corny yeah. because since when like if you can spit you can spit like since when does a producer Maybe. but but like okay, okay so there's there's two possibilities here uh -huh. one either either what i'm saying is true or the industry moved away from producers who could spit because half of the rappers that we love came in producing right yeah but not as producer rappers like like i think i think it's true like even even in listening to dilla time or reading the dilla time book yeah. right they talked about how like when Dilla worked on the diary, which was his project that was posthumously released, but it was the project he was working on as like his debut yeah. main album, um, he got all other producers on it because he wanted to be taken seriously as an MC. Mm. And I think that in the industry, there was a thing where it was like producer rappers were seen as one or the other with, with something else. So it's like, you know, Dr. Dre is a producer. Yeah. And he happens to rap, you know, Puff Daddy, which, uh, you know, we could talk about, yeah. uh, but he was a, a producer or an executive producer yeah, exactly. who raps, who raps some on his project. And so it was very rare for like someone to be taken seriously as a producer and a rapper at the same time. I just feel like there's a lot of artists who came up when they made their music, when they were making their albums, like they were making the beats, right? Like, you know, Rakim did that. Um, uh, He's not seen as a producer. Rapper. I know, I know, but what, what I'm saying though is, is he 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 was making his music. Q-Tip was when making his music. Q-Tip made his music where he didn't tell you that he was the primary producer, and when he did finally come out with his own album, Jay Dilla was one of the main producers All in right. the driver's I mean, seat. I, saw, you know I suppose saying? that's fair. I just think that yeah. it's just interesting because there's just there's yeah. a lot of rappers who who came up like Redman was making his own beats. Yeah. Um, who else was? Uh, KRS-One was making his I, own. beats. I think beats. it's an and though, right? Yeah. Like like he can be corny. And the industry cannot necessarily be super conducive to folks being a producer and a rapper. Well, I, I think also what it is is that like, and I was going to say this for when we actually talk about the college dropout, but I'm going to say it here now. And that is that like Kanye West is clearly a musician. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you go around, like when you hear All Falls Down, because that's the song that that's the song he goes to the office to play right, for everybody, right, right? right? All right, which is that's that's one of the songs that I like. When we talk about like College Dropout and it's an mm. album that I don't really like, that's mm. not one of the like that's a highlight for me on that album, right? That's a really mm. good song. That's interesting. I think I think the narrative of that song is very overrated personally, but I feel you. What but what I'm saying though is that it is a a song that has like a a, a good music arrangement. It's mm -hmm. got a good vocal appearance, mm -hmm. and it, it's there is a song that it's a song that has a central theme if yep, you will yep. right so he's talking about something mm -hmm. if you're listening to this song that's just not this is not just a dude spitting this is a dude who is telling a story right and if that doesn't register for you then like i don't understand how you're how you're in music unless mm -hmm. you're 
unless you're literally only thinking about like cookie cookie cutter MCs. Like if you're mm. if you're Dane Dash and you're like, oh, you know, we've got this template. PD can come in and and and, and work in this template. Uh, uh, um, Beanie Siegel can keep doing what he's doing on this template, right? Um, really Freeway can keep that. coming in on this template. Like, but like, it's just interesting. Like, he's clearly telling a story. How do you not like see something I, from that? I think that, the, and this is what annoyed me about the discourse of this song on okay. the internet. Um, it's a scene that is completely devoid of context. Um, individuals that were in the office that day um, tweeted and posted on social media about what it was like to actually be in the office that day. Mm -hmm. Kanye had continuously come up with the same CD playing that song over and over again while they were trying to work. Yeah. Um, they said that was the 10th time that day that he had come and played that song. So uh -huh. it's like this whole narrative of like, the industry doesn't know talent when they hear it. I'm not, talking about, the, I'm not talking about people like, in the office. I'm talking okay. about specifically Dame Dash. Maybe. I, again, like, you know, Dame Dash is a street nigga who yeah. put out street niggas yeah. making music. So, I mean, yeah. you know, later he would go on to explore trying to sign Samantha Ronson and all these other yeah. people, right? But at the time, like, Rockefeller Records was a label that put out street music yeah. from the North Tri-State area. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, I, I, I think I shoot him a little bit of bail there because okay. I don't think... I, I, I really think that it's easy now in 2022 yeah. to be like, I definitely would, I would have heard it like right, right away. No, but I don't like, think, I'm not sure if you, I would have, you know but I'm, I'm also not, I'm not an A&R, yeah. right? I'm not like a, a like an industry head. And mm -hmm. there were, there were, there were the, the guy, I think it was at Capital, the white boy at Capital was like, yeah. yo, like I want to sign you. I, I tried yeah. to sign you eight months ago. Right. Um, there was the, the ruckus the dude. The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, He's like, yo, yeah. I try, like, they don't want you, I want you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, but that's the difference though, right? Again, yeah. Rockefeller was a thing. It yeah. was they 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 made something specific, street music. Yeah. Um Kanye was clearly not that. Yeah. And so Ruckus was more in the vein of what they were trying to do. And I, I thought that that particular scene was really dope where yeah. the dude was telling he told Kanye everything he was going to do. Yo, yeah. you're going to bridge the gap because you're this and you're that and, you're and good, it was just, you're good for the street and you're also good for like the backpack right. You can do both. No right. one else can do that. Yeah, no it was that scene was amazing. I loved that. Uh yeah, but anyway. Why do you think Dame Dash signed Kanye West then? Well, well, first they signed him to, to keep his beats close. Yeah. Um, And then when he wanted to be an artist, again, I think when he saw the Through the Wire video, that yeah. particular scene, which was hilarious, right? Because Kanye's talking hella shit. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, and these, and they, these niggas Dash don't believe right me. There. And then Dame Dash walks, they're like, yo, somebody say, tell him to wait outside. These niggas, they don't believe. And then, and then Dame Dash walks in and then Kanye's like, oh, yeah. Uh, so he kind of drops <laughs> his tone a little bit and he's like, yeah, I funded this. I funded this video yeah. with my own money I think or crazy, whatever. Man. What I think that's crazy to fund it with like like in a positive way. Yeah, he really believed yeah. in himself. Yeah. Uh, but but anyway, so I think Dame sees that, and at that moment he goes, "This is a product that I can sell." Yeah. He did not know he could sell it until he saw that video, yeah. and 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 I think you know that everybody's got to have their light bulb moment. Yeah. That was his light bulb moment. It's just, well, and that's why they signed him. Where I have to give Kanye West credit is mm -hmm. that, I mean, obviously, I mean, the man, the man truly did believe in himself. And Hell he yeah. can't take anything away from him. You know, he, he's essentially building his album while he's on a deal, despite the fact that he's not getting any help in the label yeah, at all. Yeah. And he's pulling in all the connections he can. Yeah. Like that is dope to me. That's yeah. dope as fuck to me. That you know? moment where where you see him, where you see him go to try to get into the studio to piggyback off Ludacris's session, yeah. and he's like name dropping, like, oh yeah, uh, is Pharrell in? Is is Ludacris in? And yeah. they're like, Ludacris ain't here, and he's just like, 
he's out in the parking lot. So then he has to go out in the parking lot and like ask Ludacris if he can come into the studio. Yeah. That shit was crazy. Yo, it's, it's so dope. Like his hustle yeah, and his, dope. it really is. And and he's always kind of been about that, right? I mean, the yeah. dude dropped out of college so the, so he could pursue music. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to talk a little bit about Donda, like, you know. I, She's amazing. I kind of I kind of fucks with Donda a little bit. There's some things that weird me out, but nevertheless, I kind of fucks with it. Like the idea of the like, look, like my son is a star. I believe in my star. I believe in my son. Yeah, nah, even if I, I can't relate to this, and I'm not sure if she can or she can't, but like now nah, mm-hmm. she's like, I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna you know help him pursue his dreams to yeah. whatever he needs to do. Like I mean, that's just dope. To my me. favorite scene in the entire project is <laughs> is Kanye gets a little momentum. He comes back to Chicago to be celebrated by his peers. These, these, nah, these cats are kind of, they're kind of sunning him a little bit, but like, oh yeah, good job. Yeah, whatever. Um, Doug Infinite goes up to the radio station with this diss song talking about how how Kanye didn't shout him out or whatever. And so Kanye's super, they fill in a way and he goes up to the radio station to, to, you know, talk about the, the, you know, what happened or whatever. And he's super deflated. And then, you know, him and, and Cootie go back to his mom's place. And then just to watch his mom just pick his confidence up yeah. off the floor and just put him back together. Like to watch that was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It, it's so interesting. I, I think that you're right. That entire sequence really helps encapsulate um, or really captures the humbleness that people talk about with Kanye, but also the arrogance. Right? Yeah. Like, yes, he, he, he is arrogant. And yes, he does have... His confidence does bridge over to arrogance, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're turned off by the arrogance, like, it is a thing, it is there. Mm-hmm. But when people also say that, like, yo, Kanye is humble, like, in that moment when, when with the Doug Infinite diss song, like, he was hurt. Yeah, he was hurt. By he it. didn't go out there, like, swinging. He's like, yo, I don't understand. Right, like, right. Why, why are you doing this? And of course, yeah. he gets on the radio and he's like, yeah, how are you going to cut me off? Like, I got more to say. Yeah. Um, it's just a little bit of the arrogance coming through. But, like, he really was like, I don't, like, I look up to Doug Infinite. Like, what is this? Right, right. And he has a point. He's like, I told the magazine this, the magazine didn't publish that. Why are you taking that out on me? Like, yeah. I don't, you know, like, and, I love these people. And the other thing that I, uh, in that scene that I think a lot of people may not understand is like, you know, like that that situation where he confronted Doug Infinite could have gone a whole it different could have. way. Yeah. And the fact that like he was that much kind of in his feelings and yeah. really felt like he was right. I think and they he saw was it willing though, too. to yeah, he was willing to 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 put and he oh, he may not have okay. even understood yeah. What the t- type of situation he might have been putting himself you can't in? Be pulling, coming up to people, coming up, cars, pulling up yeah. on somebody. But but you know, alternatively, while Kanye wasn't a street cat, Kanye had street cats that he was working yeah. with. Like payroll yeah. in them could have gone to see them niggas, right? Yeah. So it's like it, it's something that could have gone a different way, and it's beautiful that it didn't. And I feel like he was just so, like you said, hurt by it, but so in touch with his emotion in that moment that he just went to have the conversation because he felt like it was worth the conversation and i kind of respect that no i I respect it too and i think that i think he 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 handled everything well yeah but i just i think it's very revealing we 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 see just like how much he was in his feelings about it you know and that's not that's not a criticism not at all it just it it is what it is um i think at this point you know at this point in the documentary he gets his deal he -hmm. goes out to la which okay None of this footage is captured, right? Mm-hmm. And you have speculated before that he didn't actually get into a car crash. See, I don't think that's true, though. Oh, you think he did point. get in a car crash? Uh, but but that but that was the that is right. a uh, a what you call it like a, uh, an urban legend. Okay, you know that 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 had something to do with the uh, well, street shit. One of the things that I thought was interesting though was like I think some of the chron- chronology was a little off. Okay. You know, they make it seem like he gets signed and then like, oh, Jay-Z is recording like uh, Blueprint 2. 
But like Blueprint 2 comes out. Blueprint 2 is recorded like earlier that year. I think they stopped recording in like September. It's released in November. Like in my whole things, I always thought it was interesting that like they say like, oh, Kanye West produced half a blueprint, which I'm not necessarily sure is true. It's yeah, not. Maybe about a third of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they make it seem like, oh, several things. One, like I thought Kanye West was a bigger name before H to the Izzo. I guess that was not the case. Nah. But the other thing, too, I'm like, if you're so instrumental to this album and you're constantly around Rockefeller and they want us, they're, they're thinking about signing you. Why was it so hard to get the attention of Jay-Z to just be like, yo, can you at least try to get me on, on a track here? Like, why is that so difficult? Have you see, or seen or read anything about Jay-Z? Like, but like some Jay-Z's of the, not an easy nigga to get. But some of the people that, that Jay-Z has had feature on tracks over the years, like, make no fucking sense. Here you have a guy who is making hot beats for you, who really wants to get on, and is show, showing how hungry he is, right? Jay-Z did not believe in this nigga as a rapper. He did not take him seriously. There's a video. But he believed a, in half of these the, other motherfuckers? Yes. There's a video, and I don't rem- I don't remember what the session was, Yeah, but... You know, Jay goes to the studio where Kanye is working to get to pick up some beats for yeah. Kanye. Kanye wants to, Kanye wants to rap for him yeah. constantly, right? Always. So Kanye is rapping, and imagine like like you and I are looking at each other. We're, we're in the studio. We're we're sitting across from each other. I'm I start rapping to you. You literally turn your seat all the way around till your back is to me and start having another conversation while I'm in the middle of rapping some shit that is really, really important to me. Like, that's the type of relationship that they had with Kanye trying to be a rapper and Jay-Z being there, so. Well, I'll say it's so interesting though, like, even if you're, like, Jay-Z is a politician to some degree, we can admit that, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you're playing politics, you still recognize it's like, hey, look, like, I want want beats from this dude. Let me at least Mm -hmm. throw him a bone to see. I think they threw they threw him bones here and there. I think I think the bounce was a bone. His verse on the bounce I thought was good. Actually, it was cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I think that I think that where rap was the type of artist, the type of rappers that were coming out, the type of verses that they were delivering. Mm-hmm. What Kanye West does on the bounce is like is more than respectable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but nevertheless, like you know, I think I think yo, you also underestimate <clears throat> how chippy hip hop was in the late '90s and early 2000s. Like, you know, I, I've been in some of those rooms. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, we as MCs, we didn't fuck with each other. Like, yeah, just okay. period. And if you didn't respect another person, like you weren't gonna put that in your your mix. You know, whether you. it's lyrically or it's just as a person. So you know. Well, I, I do think that you know one of one of my favorite moments is when uh, you know we see Scarface, right? Yeah. And man, look, I, you know, you know, I like you Scarface, Scarface, right? Yeah. And I, I think the fact that like Scarface doesn't really care about any of this, <laughs> like he's just like is is easily the dope or it's not, right? And he's listening to he's listening to Jesus Walks, right. which is an interesting choice for Scarface. And Scarface mm-hmm. is like, I don't hear myself on this, and because he, mm-hmm. he, I don't think Scarface would work on that at yeah. all. Well, the the what the song was about or just with, with, the, with the beat with the, the beat. sound of it i don't think scarface really works out and he's I, even like yo i can't really do this i think his tone works like like the way his voice sounds maybe but yeah like what the what's going on lines, with it, it's yeah. a lot yeah but then he hears family business which mm-hmm. is another highlight for me on college dropout and mm-hmm. and and scarface is listening to what he's saying he's like yo this shit is dope right um real quick one of my favorite moments there i love this moment mm-hmm. when when scarface is like yo your retainer doesn't go there 
That was I funny. was balling, was yo. He was like, that's gross, bro. Like, that don't go there. Yeah. That, that's not where that goes. That was funny because he kept taking it out. And then he looked, he felt all self-conscious about it after that. That was funny. But then he put it, he put it, put yeah, he back put it right mouth. back in his mouth. That shit was yeah. nasty. It is nasty. But nevertheless, like, I think, you know, this coming together, um, I think with, with, with the video, the way that it was released, and it was funny because I remember, like, they go to the barbecue spot, mm. and then you see the woman, I was like, I remember that. I recognize right. that woman. Like, it was in the, the Yeah, because and then you see him signing down, so I was like, oh, yeah, this is the, the, the video footage that they use. That was a right. very smart thing for them to do. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not a big fan of Through the Wire. But nevertheless, you know, the, the fact that if that if that if that was the turning point for Dane Dash to be like, all right, this is an artist that we can sell, then I guess kudos because and, and so if you you know, if you believe the 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 narrative of the car crash and then yeah. him making the song, right? Yeah. Like it that's like a divine situation, yeah. right? Because if he that's doesn't true. if he that's doesn't true. have the car accident and he doesn't make the song. Maybe Dame Dash never sees the vision. Maybe he he never ends up, you know, as a Rockefeller artist yeah. with an album. So here's all right. So here's another question. So mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx had an album, I think, come out in like 1994 that like mm-hmm. no one knows about, right? But was this like his first guest appearance as a singer? I don't know about his first, but I think this is the first like with big one. Because this was like 2002, 2003. Like the slow jams helped start. Yes. Help launch. That's because crazy. after that, then unpredictable. The album comes out and all that. Yeah. So man, look, Kanye West definitely is a musician and understands music, and I think yeah. like his ability to just understand that, like, yo, Jamie Foxx can do this. First of all, yeah, I hate slow jams. Fucking hate really? that record. Never liked that record. Uh-huh. Hated it then. I fucking hate it yeah. now. It just sounds. It's just I don't like that song. Right. I don't like okay. that song. Great right? song. I disagree. Nevertheless, though. Nevertheless. For him to get Jamie Foxx, again, and this is before mm. the, the label has his belief, yeah. right? But for him to get like an artist like Jamie Foxx on there, and then of course, that sparks his career, and then you have Gold Diggers so, and all that shit. So that's something that I also think is very interesting. And yeah. I don't know if you've seen uh, Jamie Foxx tell the story of this as no, well. I not. But um, so I think that was another Kanye West Hail Mary, right? Was it? He he didn't have any money to get into the studio anymore, and so he's piggybacking oh, on yeah, people's he's studio. Yeah, Jamie Foxx's studio. So so yeah, so nah. But what happens here is apparently John Monopoly, I think, who is Kanye's manager, man's or whatever, yeah. gets invited to a house party at Jamie Foxx's house. Gotcha. So he asks if he can bring Kanye as a plus one. Yeah. He brings Kanye as a plus one, and he says, "Yo, this is my man. He's really dope. He can rap, whatever, whatever, whatever." Okay. And Kanye and Kanye, you know. Hella confident, doesn't know Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Goes, yo, actually, I got a song that you would you would sound good on. Because really? he's trying to get into the studio with him. That's dope. Jamie Foxx goes, Well, actually, I have a studio in, in the back of my house. house. Yeah. And then they go there as people that don't even really know each other. And this magical that moment is that is that is, so that is slow jams happens. That, that is, so that is amazing. amazing. And that to watch amazing. it captured is amazing. Look, the oh my God, that that's so mind-blowing. Like, yeah. and the reason why is because. Yo, when 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 genius recognizes genius, when art recognizes art, and they're just like, well, you know, you like yeah, music, I like music, let's vibe. Yeah, and then it comes together. Yeah, fuck how I feel about the song. I I do not like the right. song, but that's 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 irrelevant. Like for that to for this to come together like that, wow. And you gotta that see is, that is so dope. And you gotta see the interview where 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 Jamie Foxx, completely separate of this documentary being out and yeah. everything, does an interview talking about how the song comes together, and he and he talked about how because it's crazy. Like we we. Sometimes I feel like we, and maybe even the two of us, yeah. understate Kanye's vision. 
right? No, that's fair. But that's so, fair. so, so, you know, Jamie Foxx says, you know, he, Kanye, he's in his house. He takes him to back to the studio. They're going to work on the song. Yeah. So Kanye's telling him, you know, what the concept is, which you see on, on tape. And he's like, yeah, you know, I want you to say Marvin Gaye, Luther Vandross, you right. know, blah, 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 blah. So he's telling him. So he said, uh, so he said, Jamie's like, all right. So he said, Jamie goes in the booth and we don't see this in the documentary. Right. So he says, he's like, Marvin Gaye. And he's like doing all these like runs and shit. And he says, Kanye goes, hey, hey, hey. So he comes out of the booth and he goes, can you not do that? <laughs> and Jamie's like, well, what do you mean? And, and he's like, yeah, like all the like extra stuff. Can you just like sing it just regular? And Jamie's like, this motherfucker don't know music. Like he, he doesn't know the talent of R&B. He said, but you know, because it was his record and I thought it was dope. I was like, all right, cool. So I did it his way. Okay. He's like, and he was absolutely right. Like yeah. the shit came out perfect. So, I mean, it was, it's just an amazing moment, man. And it's dope that it was captured. That is so, that's so dope. Yeah. So, well, anyway, the, you know, the album comes out and he gets Grammy of the Year. And I think it's after at the album of the year. Uh, excuse me, album of the year. Yeah. And I think at the end of that episode, you know, Kanye West gets on stage and he's like, "Oh, they all wondered what I was gonna do if I didn't win a Grammy." And I'm like, "All right, two things. One, why were people wondering what you were gonna do if you didn't win? And why would you even feel the need to say that? Like, that to that's me is like Kanye a red thing. flag. A red flag. That's that's like all right. So I think that." When I talked about like the theme of this documentary is about like being a star, mm -hmm. right? Like I think that there were a lot of red flags that that we could have seen mm -hmm. that were just kind of going unchecked mm -hmm. and enabled, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll see that even more at the end. Like Rick Rubin enables him at the end as well, mm -hmm. right? Like the you know the whole idea of like what Kanye like, West is don't like, say oh, that word don't say excited, say energized. Like why the fuck are we entertaining this, right? Yeah. Like if I want to say excited, I'm gonna say excited. But fuck you. If anybody's gonna entertain. Uh, the the quote unquote idiosyncrasies of the star it would be, be, be Ruben, but still yeah. but it's it's still it's just like why why are we entertaining this right and I, I mean because that you don't get you don't get crazy vulnerable moments like Andre three thousand talking about the vulnerability of not feeling like he's Andre three thousand anymore if if you don't have Rick Rubin being so open to allow people to express themselves the way that they do you know what I mean all right I mean that that might be fair but nevertheless I, yeah. it was just just an example though yeah of just you know the, like. He's just not getting not getting checked, and so it's, I, st it's still one of the one of the the most famous you know kind of acceptance speech moments of all time, though. So I mean, it's it's still gold, but I feel what you're saying. I think that <laughs> the thing for me, like the most one of the most telling moments, is when part three starts, mm. and he has that confrontation with Ryan Fest, and Ryan Fest is basically like uh, he says. Um, you can't call yourself a genius. Yeah, the, the yeah, he's like, why, who are you to call yourself a genius, right? Mm -hmm. And Ron Fest has a good point. Mm -hmm. He's like, look, I used to think you were a genius until I got into <laughs> That was hilarious right? to me. But, but he says that like, Jay-Z mm -hmm. came up with a song in five minutes. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe Kanye West is brilliant. Maybe he's not a genius, right? Mm -hmm. Now, do I think that Kanye West actually is a genius? Yes. But does mm -hmm. that negate Ryan Fess's point and Kanye West is getting upset because it's someone else doesn't see him as a genius that's a red flag yeah that true. is a red flag yeah. right and I think that you know you're you're surrounded by people who are enabling you and they're, mm -hmm. and they're, they're not checking you because they do respect your genius but and it's I think also that's like what the whole third part is yeah it's just us watching people enable him and you know like him almost distancing himself from people who would question him 
to be around more people that enable that. Well, yeah, and you know, he he starts off, you know, he goes to that that fundraiser event or that whatever it was event with the, with the kids, the speaking mm-hmm. event. You know, he's uh, I think his mom put that together. Yeah, the Donda thing. The Donda thing, and uh, you know, he says he's like, "Why well, am the greatest?" And you should feel that way about yourself too. And it's like, all right, well, the problem though is, what if I disagree? Now all of a sudden, like we got beef because I disagree that I don't think you're the greatest. Like, <laughs> is that how petty we are? Like, and not only that, does that does that derail you? Does that knock you off your course? Like, it shouldn't mm. do that, right? Um, but I think we start we start to see some of those red flags, and then unfortunately, you know, there's some distance created between between himself and and, and Cootie. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, kind of all we get to see is like we get to see Kanye West from 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 you know the the, the what the what the media is capturing you know i kind of didn't like that particular piece okay and 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 here's why like like or, like he captured so many conversations and stuff like that yeah when cootie says like kanye said he was playing a character and he didn't want people to see the real him i'm like did he really say that though like he might have said that yeah but it, it felt a little more like you're mad that he's not bringing you around anymore and yeah. you perceive him as playing a character. Yeah. Don't say he said that if he didn't say that. I, I don't know if he really said that or not, but that felt like I'm mad because my man's is not acting the way I want him to act or he's normally acting. So I'm putting words in his mouth to say that it's because he doesn't want people to see the real him. Because it seems like Kanye, in general, it... It gives a lot of the real him, maybe even sometimes yeah. to the detriment. I mean, it, on on the life of Pablo, he talks about how, you know, he's I don't know sending sex tapes and and and, and shit to some girls, and then his cousin, you know, got a hold of his laptop and sold it back to him for half a million dollars. Like, you don't tell that story unless you're willing to kind of open the kimono in a way that most people are not. So uh, we're calling bullshit on Kanye here. What do you mean? So you're saying that all right, so you're so you're saying Kanye was was creating a character or he wasn't? No, I'm saying that maybe Kanye was creating a character, uh-huh. but I don't know that Kanye would articulate it in that way. Gotcha. I don't think he told his man, "Yo, look, I'm creating this character, so I don't want you to show the real me to the world." I don't yeah. I don't think he would say that. But I, again, I don't know him. Dude knows him. Maybe that maybe he really did say that. Well, Nevertheless, unfortunately, you know, at the beginning of, of this part three, I think that's when Donda passes. Mm. And, you know, man, he's got a weird relationship with his mom, right? Do you, do you, do you, do you think so? Well, okay. I mean, look, I can kind of understand wanting to keep the wires from the car crash. Like, I get that. But to not, like, wash the blood off, like, I'm sorry. Like, this might sound judgmental as fuck, but that's weird, dog. Like, that's mm, weird to maybe. me. And I, I didn't really, really hone in on that part so much. No, but like I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking at red flags now, mm. right? Because even though I don't think that the purpose of the documentary is to, to examine his mental health, mm. I'm still looking at it because I, you know, because Cootie's even talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye West is talking about it. He's talking about like, uh, you know, he gained weight because of all the medicine. That right, on, right, right. He did say that. He, he didn't even realize he was uh, addicted to Percocets, right? Mm. Um, but, you know, I think that like, Something, something was odd. Something was off in that relationship. Um, not, 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 not in a bad way, but there was like, okay, at what point do we as humans stop needing our parents? Right? And I'm not saying that like the love shouldn't stay there, right? And I'm not saying that like, you know, they 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 never have anything to offer you. But like, mm. at what point do you stop like needing them? Like, you know, at some point they're going to pass away and you need to be able to take care of yourself. You have a responsibility to yourself, mm. right? And like, 
you know, like George, Michael Jordan's father died and he took 18 months off of basketball, mm. right? Like Kanye West didn't do that. Kanye mm. West, his mother dies and he's back touring a week later. Mm. Like that's everybody. Everybody copes and grieves differently. And I everybody, think, everybody copes differently. Everybody grieves and differently. I, right? I think you know maybe in in a way that it isn't the same for everybody i think kanye's mom was his best friend so right. it was like losing his best friend and losing his mom at the same time you know what i mean but the the thing though is that like if you have such a reliance on this person which i'm not i'm not criticizing i'm just observing that that it's there right if you have mm-hmm. such a reliance on this person and then that's that's gone from you i mean clearly yeah you know this isn't to judge him but i don't think it's unfair to be like you know the 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 steps that he needed to take to properly get himself back not. into into shape, the, he just didn't take those steps. Yeah, that's true. And and the reason why I bring up the relationship with his mom is because I wonder if, given their relationship, if whether or not that was even possible. If right. So it's a possible. long way to say. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. If wait, what was possible? If if it so, it's a long way for me to say that I wonder if, given the nature of their relationship, if it was even possible for him to actually take those steps to properly heal. I wonder. I just wonder. Yeah. I think it seems like he, like many of us, um, you know, threw himself into his work as yeah. as a coping mechanism. So yeah. you know, let's tour harder. Let's record more songs. Let's yeah. you know whatever, rather than like stepping back in the way that you said that Michael Jordan did. Yeah, and you know they 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 don't even touch on uh, 808s. They rarely even touch on um, on beautiful dark twisted oh, fantasy. Okay. Only to the extent you know they talk about they talk about the the Taylor Swift moment mm-hmm. a little bit. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess we get back to him around the life of Pablo time. So mm-hmm. you know he's working with Kid Cudi, and we hear you know Kid Cudi talk about like his mental health stuff and how he mm-hmm. can connect with, with Kanye West on that tip. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that was on the Kids See Ghost when he talked about that. So, oh, so that, that yeah, was, the timeline yeah. was kind of weird. You're, you're right. So yeah. his life of Pablo was like, what, 15, 2015? Yeah. And then Kids See Ghost was like, what, 17 or 16? Yeah, maybe that's right. Like but, but, you, but you're right, though, right? Yeah. Like, like, I think even in, in the, the them connecting around life of Pablo, he... he he seemed like he kind of more so gravitated to the records where he's talking about, you know, God and life and things like that, as opposed to like, I got mad money, but this girl bleached her asshole or whatever ridiculous yeah. stuff he'd be talking about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, we get into we get into part three. We we get into the later later part, and you know, he's talking about like, oh, like I'm an alien, no one can understand me. I'm like, was that the case when you were growing up? That like we could people not understand you then? Um, and, and it's interesting because Cootie, he has a moment where like Kanye West is clearly talking nonsense. And I understand mm-hmm. that they like, you know, they snippet the, the conversation. So we don't know the context in which it started. And, and I can speak from this own personal experience, right? Like if I'm going off on one of my tangents and you just, you, you start the, you start the footage at me, just like in the midpoint, mm-hmm. you might be like outlaw. What the fuck are you talking about? Right. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Nevertheless though. Right. Cootie is like. It got to the point where he just turned it off. Yeah, he's like, I felt uncomfortable filming this, so I cut it off. Right. Yet he still gives us that footage. Yeah. It's kind of interesting there. Yeah. Like that's you know, and and maybe that is to his credit as a documentarian, he might feel the responsibility that he has to share this moment. But yeah. it's also kind of like it's kind it feels, of weird. It feels different to me. It, to yeah. me, it felt like in that moment he was trying to protect Kanye. Yeah. In this moment he is not trying to protect Kanye. Yeah, okay. So yes, he, that's a good, that's and a good so point. So he puts out what he's got. Yeah. And in the rest you just miss out on. One of the other things I think is, is interesting, because the, the the 
the documentary kind of wraps up uh, when he's running for president, his bid for presidency, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to get into, like, the emotional stuff about, like, you know, his thoughts on abortion or whatever. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But what I thought was interesting is that, you know, he's, he's watching this footage of Tucker Carlson. But before that, though, we finally meet his dad, right? Yeah, we meet his dad. He's oh, having that yeah, phone yeah, the FaceTime conversation. The FaceTime yep, yep. conversation with his dad. Mm-hmm. And it's that conversation is so interesting because his dad is, like, kind of saying, like, yeah, I support you, but maybe, um, maybe get a speechwriter. Mm. Right, maybe get a speechwriter, and his dad is just being real, like you know, this is how I feel. Yeah. But it's also clear that like Kanye doesn't necessarily want to hear that, but he does hear it. Mm-hmm. He does listen to it. He at least takes it into consideration. Yeah. And it's like, all right, is now he's going from his his mom to his dad, which is yeah. not, you know, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. You should. Yeah. But it's just interesting that it seems like he has done that. But then he gets into the, you know, he's telling people like, shut up, shut up. He wants to hear this, right? And I'm like, dude, like Tucker Carlson is not your friend. <laughs> Yeah. Like he's he's not your friend. That's sad. Right? That was sad. Um, and to hear him be, be so validated by Fox News is like, yo, he and Trump are so alike. It's yeah. like if if he likes me, if he if exactly. I feel like he understands me, then that person's my friend. Yep. And it's it's interesting too because there was a moment even before all this stuff where you know the. They kind of like do like the whole montage thing. It's like, oh, you know, he's doing his music. He's just got a good place now. And there's like a tweet from Kanye West that says like, oh, I realize like I've been used as like a puppet or mm-hmm, something like mm-hmm. that. So something is going to change. But they don't really examine that at all. They yeah. just kind of like gloss over it. And I'm like, wait, so because I don't even remember that happening in real time. Yeah, I feel I, I do remember that. But I think it felt like in the third part, they were struggling with one running out of footage. Mm-hmm. And two, it felt like they were almost trying to capture the narrative in the manic way that they felt like Kanye was living his life. Yeah. Like just, you know, just the the springing back and forth between, you know, doing something wild, apologizing for it, being over here, being over there. Like it seemed like the third part was just a race. Yeah. And it seemed it seems like that's what Kanye's existence is right yeah. now he's just running and he's just running in all these different directions and sometimes it makes sense sometimes it doesn't make sense sometimes he's here sometimes he's there i felt like that's kind of what got captured i think at the end too like and i say this as someone who's listened to Danya, donda to some extent and also mm. heard stories about like how there's other versions of the album that didn't even get like released and so there's other versions of some of the songs yeah, some of the sure. songs and this sure. and the others just it's kind of weird thing like, like soldier boy's verse that he was so mad about and apparently Andre 3000 has a verse that got cut or something like that. Yeah, you didn't you didn't hear the Andre verse? I thought we talked about it. Maybe we did. Maybe yeah, we did. yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, we talked before about like enablers, and I wonder if like sometimes I feel that like Kanye West post we'll say we'll say I think it starts at 808s, but like 808s is still like a very cohesive project. And obviously, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I happen to love Jesus from from a musical perspective, strictly from an audio perspective. Mm-hmm. Lyrics on that, whatever. I think they're not very good, but like musically, I think Jesus is 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 incredible. But I think that nevertheless, like we start to see that you know Kanye West is two things, right? He's kind of I kind of feel like he's a courier of music in the sense that like. He brings music to to he brings like existing music to ignorant ears and gets like a lot of credit for it, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, right? But like he's taking music that's already like in place that other people that like traditional hip hop listeners or pop music listeners just aren't familiar with. Right. Because he, and now because he gives it to you, it's like, oh my God, like look what he created. And it's right, just like right. all right, yes. 
he still orchestrated this and that's great but it's also like this stuff has been out there before you guys should just, just didn't necessarily seek it right like yeah. that's one of the reasons why i hate that um I hate that um, stronger song with with featuring yeah, Daft Punk. Like I don't I, like that song. Either. Yeah, and I'm like, first of all, I don't like the Daft Punk version. But mm. second of all, I'm like, yo, you're giving him, or even like a song like, you know, "Touch the Sky" on mm. on graduation. It's I just like, like, like Kanye West has a history of like taking records and chopping them up, like an unexpected records, and then chopping them up and then delivering us something that we didn't mm. know we were like. Mm. Like you literally just like ripped. The touch the sky record and the, you know and i'm not, I'm not yeah, knocking that on up. but that you know that's a that's a just blaze beat um oh, that, oh, all right, well, oh yeah touch the sky all right well but then but then like on the on the contrary to that you also have like who would have thought you could have taken like the ray charles sample to give us gold digger right, right. that's like that's incredible. or or even um the um pyt sample for for a good life yeah like that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah but then but i i think though like where where we're getting kind of getting to now with Kanye West and with some of his enablers and the people who don't check him musically. It almost feels like George Lucas when he created the Star Wars prequel. Okay. Right? Like Star like George Lucas had complete creative control and like no one was checking him. So okay. all of the writers and directors that he was actually working with for the with the original trilogy, right? Mm -hmm. Because while he gave us a story to Empire Strikes Back and while he gave us a story to Return of the Jedi, there were actually different writers and directors for those movies. Okay. That's not the case for the prequels. He's okay. writing and directing those entire things okay. and the prequels were what they were, right? I'm, I'm not into in That's that fine. universe. So, so were they bad or something? The prequels are not seen very positively. Some okay. people like them, but okay. given, given in the grand scheme of things, you know, they're not really looked fond, fondly okay. upon. Okay. Some people like them, whatever. Um, but I think that's kind of like the thing with, with Kanye. Like he has some of these brilliant moments now, but it's also mm. it's like, yo, like you know, like the bleach asshole comment, or mm. like half of the shit he's talking about, like on Jesus, or half of the shit he's talking about, whatever. It's just like, mm. is no one checking you? Like just because you just because you thought it doesn't necessarily mean it's genius, exactly. Right? Like yep. like every single genius has thoughts that don't work out. Yep. Right. Yep. And I feel like he's gotten to a point now where it's like, no, I'm a genius. Therefore, if I think it, it's amazing. Right. That's not the case. Yeah. Someone needs to be there to put you in your place to yeah. check you. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't need to, but like if you want to keep coming up with brilliant music or yep. a brilliant product, yep. you have to do that. Like, yeah. It's just mm -hmm. it's it's interesting too. Like, mm -hmm. but part of what I'm saying isn't he, is like is actually invalidated by the fact that like his fashion line is popular. It works. Like, I don't yeah. get it. I don't get any of it. Like with the exception of a few of his shoes, I don't get any of it. I don't get it at all. Yeah, right. But, but you know, I, I, and you, and you and I are, are not the the people to have the hype beast yeah. conversation, right? Because like we don't like our tastes are not mm -hmm. that like all the like supreme go on stock x by yeah, the same two shoes everybody shit. wants i don't get that shit either so. i don't get it so but nevertheless um I, I think that what where we should wrap this up is talking about cootie specifically right mm -hmm. because i think that you know for as much as this is about kanye this is almost mm -hmm. about like Kurt, cootie's personal journey yeah. with this artist yeah and the difference between someone like cootie and someone like myself is that he was actually there Full time at the origin story, mm -hmm. right? And one of my questions was, I'm like, yo, like, why are you putting your life on hold to follow this man, yeah. right? But I, you know, I think he answers that at the end, and at, and at the end, I'm like, you know what, like, you didn't just, you didn't just do this for Kanye. You also learned this. You learned from this, and then now you actually have your own career outside of Kanye. Right. So, so kudos on you, mm. um, and kudos on you for having the foresight to yep. recognize that yep. this man was a star. Yeah, you know, back before Ace of the Izzo, you knew yep. this man was a star. Yeah, right. Kudos to you for recognizing that. Yeah. Um, 
But I don't know. What do you? What are? What are some of your takeaways? I guess from. I guess I don't know from, yeah. from Cootie, if you will. I feel like the thing that I loved the most, especially about the first two parts, but how Cootie documented. Yeah. Um, was this kind of concept of like the village raising the child? Yeah. Um, and you know how Chicago like really kind of put on for for Kanye, right? Like like yeah. when he was assembling College Dropout, you know, with with Jay Ivy coming in to do this, and and you know, I mean. If you're not from Chicago, you might not know how much of a legend Twista is, but like, yeah. especially in that time frame, like, Twista was like the rapper from Chicago. So, you know, yeah. Twista coming in to almost kind of do a solid to, to validate Kanye by doing a record with them mm -hmm. and, you know, just all these Chicago people, Rhymefest and GLC and this one and that um, one all coming together, yeah, to, to be a part of, of Kanye's kind of uh, journey early when, when oh, yeah, you know, okay. nobody really believed in him, I thought was really, really dope uh, to, to document. And I think Cootie did like a really good job of, you know, just kind of showing like, because it really is amazing what Kanye was doing. Like yeah, from is. the perspective of, um, you know, I mean, I grew up in two cities that are, have, heavy gang culture right chicago um, LA. chicago la chicago is a city that you know <laughs> people people from chicago say south side don't west side right like there's there's two areas of the city that don't really fuck with each gotcha. other and like the fact that kanye was working with people from both of those areas mm -hmm. as a kid he's like a 12 15 16 year old kid who's like navigating through the city and his talent is so apparent yeah. that like people, regardless of their affiliation, whether they're street or they're not, or they're a, po a spoken word poet or they're whatever, they want to like come to be a part of this means that they also saw something in him. Yeah. And the fact that Cootie saw that and documented it is amazing to yeah. me. Yeah. So how about you? Uh, well, I kind of already talked about some of my takeaways. Um, yeah. Just but about in, Cootie in, in terms of Cootie, like I said, the foresight mm -hmm. to recognize that this man was a star. Yeah. But I also think that like kind of going in with what I what I what I feel the theme of the documentary is just like humanizing a star mm -hmm. effectively in ways that the media cannot do. Like mm -hmm. Cootie was able to give us that. Yeah. And I think that while there might be some biases here and there, ultimately, I think it was actually kind of like a, a, an objective point of view yeah and he doesn't make he doesn't hide the fact that like yeah like this was my man like i felt like he was my brother i felt like he was my younger brother yeah right but he also mentions he's like yeah like you know he you know he, he mentions like you mentioned the fact that like he was trying to protect him in the moment by by cutting off the filming but, but then shows it right. so he's still trying to be fair to to the artistic process yeah um and i think that he gave us something that was great and i, I want to say that like netflix bought this documentary for, for 30 million dollars or something Jeez. like that so so kudos on you yeah. you know what i mean like that is that is that is that takes a lot of patience yeah. to start filming this dude in 2001 ish yeah um and to to not release i think he started editing he they, he started editing editing until the pandemic like you said yeah, well because at first he wanted to put it out um when late registration came out yeah. so like oh four or whatever that but was. they just it just five. life but got then, in the way well no they, they uh, kanye said no oh, remember the, he says oh yes you're right you're yeah, right yeah 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 so yeah. but but you know cootie takes it upon himself to start mm -hmm. like editing the footage for the documentary yo um, one of the thing another thing that i like about cootie and kudos to cootie which is, is an interesting uh tongue twister um I, I, you you gotta love when somebody knows what they're good at and, yeah. and knows what they're not good at. Yeah. And so okay. when when he starts working on the through the wire thing, he's like, I can't do the like the like directing and editing that you would need to make this great. Yeah. And then he brings in Chike, yeah, who I guess yeah, they yeah. met when they were trying to get on MTV or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
um, to be a part of it. And him just not knowing, because, you know, some people be like, yeah, I don't know how to direct or whatever, but yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah. But him being like, let me go get this other guy who's yeah. good at this thing to make our thing better. And then them developing that relationship and doing so many great things together in the future, I thought was also dope to see. Yeah. So shout out to Cootie. Yeah, shout out to Cootie. Um, shout out to everyone involved in the project. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was good. I, th I think it was worthwhile. Yeah. Um, because while, look, as someone who is not a fan of Kanye West, the person, mm. I wasn't annoyed by, like not... I wasn't disgusted by anything that I saw. Yeah, there might be some moments that like made me like roll my eyes, but like not in like a way that's gonna mm. make me not want to watch it. You yeah. know, what I mean? not in a way that's gonna like make me hate Kanye West, right? Mm. Like I think you can watch this documentary and just take something valuable mm. from it because it is a very well put together documentary. And I do think yeah. that the story that it's telling, if you just like look, like it's just a story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to examine the mental health or anything like that. That like this is these are just things that happen. Right. But this is how this is how we look at this man. Like this is how this is how he saw himself this yeah. is how he saw the people in his environment this is how he saw the world yeah this is how the world sees him this is how the audience sees him this is how his peers see him right yeah. and like to see all that you know to see that at play I, I think it's you know i think it was really really well done yeah and i i honestly hope that kanye watches this and you know actually kind of recalls and remembers some of these moments because you know while it's i i think that belief in self is very important yeah. and you know I mean, if you want to call yourself a god or whatever, that's yeah. that you know that's how what you need to do to to pick yourself up. Cool. Um, I think that you know you're also still a man, right? Yeah. Uh, we're all mortals, and so like the, the, capturing that mortality and that humanity is what was such a compelling story. Yeah. And so I hope he's able to connect with his own humanity by watching some of these these older moments. No, I think it's a good point. And yeah. you know, to be honest, there are several different definitions of what God means, and yeah. there is a definition in which yes, Kanye West is a god, mm -hmm. right? Um, but you know, we we also talk about idolatry, mm -hmm. and so yeah. you know. Kanye West is someone who who is idolized, yeah. but then also Kanye West is someone who idolizes probably some of the wrong things. Right. Like, and you should never really idolize yourself. Like, you can have self belief <laughs> and self confidence, but you, you shouldn't idolize yourself either. Agreed. Right. So you know, it is what it is. Maybe the maybe there should be like another documentary specifically talking about that, but I don't mm. think that Cootie is the guy to deliver that. Yeah, you know and I mean? and it'll be it would be difficult to do in a way that everybody could embrace like this. i agree yeah i agree so so check it out um you know yeah, it's on netflix sure. uh like 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 we said the, the different different episodes dropped you know weekly yep. um chances are if you're listening to this episode if you're a fan of this podcast you probably already seen it so. right but nevertheless uh yeah we just wanted to give you our thoughts on that so yeah and if you are you know a fan of this podcast and have seen it feel free to hit us in the comments you yeah, know what i'm saying and tell us tell us what your thoughts were uh, about it because i'm sure everybody's got thoughts and feelings yep. on it so these are just some of ours yeah um, you have anything else? Nah, that's it. Cool, y'all. Peace. Peace. Beautiful morning. Get a sign of my morning, baby.